Today on Act News Daily. We report on egg policy, trade, anything really to do with agriculture and our legislators here in Washington. And then we report back on how that's affecting the farmer. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and happy Friday here on the Ag News Daily Podcast. My name is Delaney Howell, joined today by our wonderful intern, Madison Hahn. Comp Madison, what do you know today? I've been really good today, Delaney. The sun's out, and I think it's starting to get a lot warmer, so. It has been, yes, it has been indeed. Right in time for State Fair. <laughs> oh, of course. Yes, the Iowa State Fair is always notoriously hot. Yes, definitely is. Yes. But what have you seen today in the news, Delaney? Well, I, I'm going to kick it off here with a little bit of news. It's good and bad news, I suppose. Good news in the sense that Congress has recognized that changes needed to be made, but not so great in the news of talking about bankruptcy. We've seen both the Senate and the House clear legislation this week that will raise the limit for farms to qualify for reorganizing their debts under the Chapter 12 Agricultural Bankruptcy Law. It is on the president's desk or heading there now, and that's really all it needs is President Trump's signature before it becomes finalized. But the original cap that was set back in 1986 under the Chapter 12 law had a cap of four, just, I think it was $4.2 million. And this new bill would double that debt limit to $10 million. Congress has said that they recognize things are a lot more expensive, inflation, and all those other factors, where $4.2 million just really didn't cut it for the, some of those farms that were declaring bankruptcy under Chapter 12. And so this is a, right, or a step in the right direction, according to Senate Finance Chair Chuck Grassley. Yeah, it definitely is, because I was reading through that. I saw that also today, and I was kind of reading through it, and um, it was the 2.4, correct? Sorry, say that again, Madison. What was the original? 4.2 million. Yeah, 4.2 million just did not seem like enough to help right. those, those farmers. Right, and a large chunk of those farms today that, with everything. Yeah, a large chunk of those farms that use Chapter Twelve Two um, have been dairy producers over the last five to ten years. So hopefully, it'll help some of those folks as well. Yes, definitely, and hopefully, we can get some of that trade, some trade deals in that can also then help them. Absolutely. Since you brought up trade, we've it sounds like we've had some good discussions this week with. Japanese folks that have been in Washington, D.C. to discuss agricultural trade specifically. Again, Grassley was commented or uh, commented to reporters that he thinks that they have a good agreement or that they'll, that we will have a good agreement announced in less than a month. He said it's probably going to be a mini agreement and something that's very beneficial to agriculture, but could be really good news for U.S. pork and beef producers in particular. Yes, it definitely will be. Um, but Delaney, I do have a quick update from the Democratic debate. I know we were talking about that a little bit, I think yesterday, and none of us really watched it. Um, but just 
they did talk about ag quite a lot into, you know, climate change and only one um, candidate actually talked about how agriculture could actually be a solution instead of part of the problem. So I thought that was really interesting. Mm. Um, it was Mayor Pete. Oh, I don't know how to say his last name. Batigig. Yeah, I think I, it's Batigig. I think okay. is how you pronounce it. Okay. Mate, I have absolutely no idea. But he did say, um, with the right kind of soil management and other kinds of investments, rural America could be a huge part of how we get this done. And I, and then in contrast, a lot of the other Democrat, or Democratic candidates obviously said, you know, well, we can give farmers different resources to improve their um, use of sustainability practices and all of this different stuff. And obviously they are still trying to help improve, but he was actually saying, you know, maybe agriculture is the solution to this. And I just thought that was really interesting. Yeah, I think he... And probably Amy Klobuchar, who's a senator from Minnesota. Those probably, mm -hmm. those two, Pete and Amy, probably have the most connection out of any of the candidates looking at the list to agriculture. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I know um, they did say, obviously, they want to move more towards regenerative agriculture practices that really get rid of the carbon emissions. But so hopefully we'll see a change in that soon. Yes, that is another thing we will continue watching. I am mm -hmm. interested, intrigued nonetheless. There will be all of those <laughs> candidates um, heading to the Iowa State Fair next week. So folks, if you're planning on being at the Iowa State Fair and you'd like to see a candidate, the Des Moines Register has a full list of the candidates that will be there, what days and times. It's uh, the Des Moines Register Political Soapbox is what it's called. So I'll be attending some of that stuff. So <laughs> I think the Iowa State Fair is always a huge like uh, checkpoint for candidates, especially since we have a first caucus here. Absolutely. Yeah, so it'll be interesting watching all of them run across the fairgrounds the next <laughs> two weeks. Yeah, definitely. So. Like, they really get to see what Iowa's all about. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And actually, speaking of Iowa State Fair, I just want to throw in this quick plug. I'm sure some of you have seen it on our Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter pages, but we will be at the Governor's Charity Steer Show, the Iowa Governor's Charity Steer Show, Saturday, August 10th. Mike will be showing. I'll be doing some Facebook and Twitter live stuff along with Madison. So if you are unable to make the show or you've never even heard of it and have no idea what we're talking about, um, <laughs> do tune in with us on Saturday, August 10th. Yes, definitely. And that's a great um, event that we have at the fair. It is. It's a, it's a fundraiser, first and foremost, for the Ronald McDonald House. So we're mm -hmm. also going to be trying to collect some private donations. We are, we've shared the links on our Facebook page. I believe, Madison, you're going to share them on our Twitter account, too. Is that yes. right? Perfect. Yes. Perfect. So, yeah. yeah, doing what we can. Yes, definitely are. But what else are you seeing in the news today, Delaney? Well, another thing jumping out this week at me is the Federal Communications Commission, or the FCC in short, has approved a new order essentially to better justify the gaps in broadband coverage and create a new data collection process to identify and address some of those issues in broadband 
areas where they really don't have good broadband. So the agency will collect more pointed broadband coverage from internet service providers and will also be having a public comment period to gather comments from folks in those areas. And they're, they said they're, they're trying to they're trying to fix broadband providers to work with them to provide better coverage for those folks that do not have good internet coverage or broadband coverage currently. That is always great news to hear about. And I know that they did want to provide, it was $20.4 billion over the next 10 years to help those companies kind of deploy that broadband to areas. And I think that's always a good news because so many people just rely on, you know, internet or data or really anything to get news and communicate, really. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, it's essential to what we do on the podcast, so we definitely want it to get fixed. <laughs> that's for sure. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Madison, um, what else well, do another, you have? Another thing that I saw today, we kind of touched on it yesterday, um, that Burger King is actually rolling out their Impossible Burgers um, to be nationwide. So, so a lot, they started testing in St. Louis in April and kind of those bigger cities um, that really have that uh, market for the plant-based um, burger. But now we could actually see this going nationwide. We could even probably see it in Des Moines um, starting next week. Oh, in Des Moines, huh? Possibly. That's very soon. Yeah, I saw something on the news while I was at the gym this morning that said a lot of those companies were starting to roll out that stuff. So it'll be interesting. Mm -hmm. Yes, it definitely will. I kind of feel like I would like to just write my own little blog post on it. Like, especially if it's only <laughs> like a couple dollars, I'm going to pull everything off the sandwich and just look at and the just... burger, quote unquote, if that's what you want to call it. Yeah, I think it'd be interesting to see and maybe, I don't know if I'd want to taste it, but I mean, maybe, but um, I don't know. I'd rather just get a regular hamburger if we're being honest. Yeah, I know. But I figured out yeah, for research purposes, I'll just <laughs> the tax right off then, right? Yeah, sure. Yeah, definitely. that's what Mike would say if he were on the, on the podcast today. So yeah, we'll go with it. Yes, we will. Well, Delaney, I am all out of news today. What about you? I am out as well, Madison. So let's take a look over at the commodity markets. Of course, Mike has mentioned many times, and I'll mention it again on his behalf. He is part of the Zaner Group team now. And of course, they sponsor our commodity markets. If you want to get in touch with them, give them a call at 319-277-0050. Looking across the screens today, the grains have recouped a little bit of what they lost yesterday in the, and earlier in the week. Looking here at the September corn contract, up six and a quarter cent to close at three ninety nine even, while the December up six and a half to close at four oh nine even. In the soybean pits, the, oh, let's start here with the September contract up three and a half cents to close at eight fifty six and a quarter. The November boot on four cents to close at eight sixty nine and a quarter. In the Chicago wheat pits, the September contract huge moves today with fourteen and a half cents gained at four ninety. The December put on ten and a quarter cent to close at four ninety one even. Looking over into the livestock pits, of course, right across the screen as we see some moves happening in the grain markets. 
October live cattle shed 90 cents to the day to close at 107.82 and a half, while the December lost $1.07 to end at 111.77. In the feeder cattle pits, the August, the September contract down $3.30, almost the limit to close at 138.22 and a half. The October down 3.55 to close at 137.97 and a half. In the lean hog pits, the October contract shed a dollar seventy-five to close at sixty-five seventy-two. The December down the limit at sixty-three twenty-five. And running out the markets with the last three dairy futures, the August contract up six cents to close at seventeen twenty-eight. The September put on eleven cents to close at seventeen seventy-nine. Now for today's interview here on this Friday, I'm very excited. I had a chance to catch up with former Ag News Daily intern, Hannah Pagel. Well, folks, we are bringing back a voice that many of you grew accustomed to and one that we were sad to let go. Our summer intern of 2018, Hannah Pagel, is today's guest. Hannah is out in Washington, D.C., for those of you that did not know, working for AgriPulse. Hannah, first of all, thanks so much for joining us. It's a little little different for you to be on the hot seat this time, isn't it? <laughs> well, I have to say, Delaney, it's quite the honor to be back on the podcast. Um, I'm really excited to be here and back talking talking with you and Mike. So it's been good. Well, we've certainly missed you. We've had a good intern this summer, but uh, we've missed you definitely, Hannah. But tell us a little bit about AgriPulse for those folks that aren't aware of it. I mean, we talk about a lot of the news that AgriPulse reports, but tell us about the Bureau. For sure, for sure. So um, AgriPulse, Communications is an online media company. Um, we have a team of about, I want to say, six of us out here in Washington, D.C. We report on egg policy, trade, um, anything really to do with agriculture and our legislators here in Washington. And then we report back on how that's affecting the farmer. Um, so, yeah, I started in January of 2019, and it's crazy to think that it is already August, and we're now in August recess. So I've been out here officially eight months, and uh, just reflecting back on these past eight months, has just, it's just been a whirlwind of a lot of fun, a lot of learning experiences, and uh, yeah, it's been good. So. It's been fun to watch you on social media sharing some of the projects that you've been working on and also just reading your stuff on AgriPulse or watching some of your stuff, I should say. Hannah, tell us a little bit about your specific role, your duties, what beats you're covering out there in D.C. For sure. So I was specifically hired on to cover our um, farmhands on the Potomac section of our newsletter, which basically covers job changes, retirements, promotions, anything on the Hill, um, and then also in the agriculture industry. So our weekly newsletter that gets published on Wednesdays, at, I'm the very bottom section that has all of the job changes. So if you're curious, um, go check it out to see who's going where. Um, so that's mainly my main responsibilities. And then I help the team out any way that I can. Um, so I'm still new to journalism and kind of learning this whole um, aspect of reporting. So I am kind of just helping out where I need or where I'm needed. Um, 
Let's see. I helped with a designing some graphics and some maps uh, last week when MSP payments were released by USDA. Um, you might have seen it on social media, but I, myself and our intern put together this map of where those payments were going. Um, let's see, I've been doing a little bit more longer term projects. So my last uh, big report to our news, or excuse me, my article that I did was looking at the egg bean salaries at land grant universities and kind of an analyzing how much egg beans make um, across different land grant universities. So that was a very interesting piece. I learned a lot, uh, especially about FOIA requests and how we uh, how we go about finding that information and reporting on it. But yeah, it's it's kind of all uh, I touch on a variety of different subjects. So. I like to think that I'm a, an, an inch deep and a mile wide in terms of the beats that I cover. So, Well, welcome to journalism, Hannah Pagel. <laughs> For sure. Welcome to journalism. But it sounds like you've been covering a lot of fun stuff, a lot of interesting stuff out there. For those of our listeners that maybe weren't tuned in with us last summer, you actually went to school to become an agricultural education teacher and then you student taught and decided that eh, maybe that wasn't for you. What has that transition been like then of going to school to become a teacher in training and now you're really learning how to be a journalist by training? You know, you're right. Um, wholeheartedly, honestly, this experience has been a whirlwind um, but it's also been a wonderful learning opportunity. So I always tell myself, you know, try to learn something new every day. Um, that kind of the educator in me coming out. But honestly, it is so true. I went to school to be an egg ed instructor. And yeah, literally a year ago um, in August, I was starting my student teaching experience. And I kind of knew going in that this student teaching experience, I was either going to love it or I was not going to like it so much. And after coming off of being your guys' intern, I knew the side, I, I got a glimpse, I would say, of a little bit of journalism, more on the egg broadcasting side. And I'm not going to lie, I really fell in love with that aspect of agriculture and communication. And so went into student teaching, kind of just feeling it out. And I mean, I appreciate my student teaching experience, but I would say it wasn't for me. Um, and then I got the call from my boss, Sarah Wyant, saying that she had an opening. And honestly, I was just kind of like, you know what, a door is opened and opportunity has presented itself. So we're going to go, we're going to go see what this is uh, all about and moved out here. And it's, I would say journalism is a lot like education. You know, you are educating the public on different topics. You might not necessarily be teaching in a classroom, but you are teaching in a form of writing and communication. So, um, I would say my egg education background has really helped me um, kind of formulate my articles in a way that just helps explain to our readers what's going on and what they really need to know, the basics of what they need to know for this certain topic. So definitely it's, they're, they're two different things, but honestly, like they've, my egg education background has really helped. Um, but yeah, now I'm just kind of learning more about the principles of journalism and 
what, you know, how to get the scoop and what are the main points that need to be discussed and what do our listeners like want to hear and what do they need to hear. Um, so it's been good. Like it's been a transition, but overall it's been, it's been good. Yeah, I was also actually an agricultural education major when I started college. I didn't finish with that because I figured out earlier on I didn't really see myself teaching, but I absolutely agree with you that it it helps you. It's helped me as a journalist or a broadcaster, so definitely understand the, uh, the connection there. Hannah, give us the scoop since you mentioned you're you're out there, you're talking to folks. Your guys' office is located in the USDA building. How are you going out and getting the scoop? We we often see in AgriPulse's coverage, you know, you you have a reporter or you have a source close to the information. Are you guys going out and hounding people in the hallways to find out the inside scoop or the fast track on some of this information? <laughs> well, Delaney... Honestly, um, how we get the scoop is by building relationships with people. That is the foundation um, of getting the intel, really. Uh, you know, AgriPulse has this, this same, you know, trusted insight, balanced reporting. Um, we really strive to build relationships, not just with our readers and our, our listeners, but our, our colleagues and our um, the people who are out there with us and, you know, that's the main way that we can go out there and report on the news is, you know, building these relationships. And then when we hear of something, just connecting with, connecting with people, following up with people. Um, so, you know, there might be the occasional, you see somebody in the hallway, you might stop and ask them a question. Um, but overall, it's, it's not something that you can just go up to and just expect to get answers. You really have to put the time in to build those relationships up with people and make sure that they trust you as a reporter um, and to, to communicate that message onto the listeners. What has been your most interesting or the, or the biggest surprise to you in going out and being, becoming an ag journalist out in D.C.? Oh gosh. Uh, in terms of like my biggest aha moment or sure. favorite memory or. Yeah. Your aha moment. Or I guess what hmm. surprised you even about politics out in DC? Cause I think once you live there, you have a different perspective than the people in the Midwest, especially. Oh, for sure. Honestly, uh, when I first moved out here, I would say I followed politics, but not probably as in depth as I do now. Um, and I would say it's very interesting when you are actually here in the room where things are happening, where things are going on and like hearing the discussion and then kind of seeing like, okay, so, you know, you have constituents who come in who express like their concerns or they're, they're, they're lobbying for a certain message. And then you see how Congress takes that message and, they try to work on it, but in terms of like actually moving forward, that 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 takes a lot of a lot of time and a lot of uh, people coming together to get jump on the same message and really working towards getting things done together. It's 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 kind of hard to explain honestly um, when you put it in words, but overall, just like seeing the seeing the background of how things move through legislation has been very eye-opening to me um, and just how you think something is a super easy fix but when you start putting it in motion you start seeing oh there's 
there's hiccups here or, you know, a roadblock comes up here. And so you kind of see all these things come together. And that's kind of the reason why legislation takes so long to move forward and to get passed. And when you do get it passed, it's like a big victory. So it's been interesting to see (laughs) it all come together. Yes, as we've uh, said many times on the podcast, nothing fast happens in D.C., No, that is for sure. Well, Hannah, we certainly appreciate you giving us an update. I'm sure there are some listeners that have also appreciated hearing a little bit more about what's going on with you out in D.C. And we continue or we are excited to continue watching your career grow. For sure. I mean, I I have to say I have you and Mike to thank for getting me in the position I am today for sparking that interest in ag broadcasting and communication. So, Thank you both. All right. Well, interesting stuff. I'm glad we could finally catch up with Hannah. It's been fun to watch her journey. Madison, It's that's going to be you someday. Maybe you're going to be heading out to D.C. someday, leaving us to work in the swamp. <laughs> Honestly, I kind of hope so. I absolutely love D.C. I go out there with my mom every so often when she's out there for work. And I just love the environment. Everyone's so competitive and like, motivated and I just I wish I could be like that all the time I think I could live there for a short period of time definitely couldn't live yeah. there a long time but. yeah definitely I I know our alumni president for Sigma Alpha is out in DC right now and she said she only thought that she would be there for a summer for an internship through college and now she lives out there and she's been out there for like five years and she loves it. And I was like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't and know if I can do that. Yeah, it's definitely a different way of life. but Oh, definitely, for sure. Well, folks, if you need to catch up on some podcasts this weekend, we've got lots of great topics we've covered over the past couple of weeks. You can check us out, globalagnetwork.com slash agnewsdaily. You can also interact with us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for at globalagnetwork and at Ag News Daily. Madison, with that, should we let the people go? Let's let them go. Let's let them go.